Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Manic Manor podcast. This is Mitchie, and I'm so glad that you guys can join me on this journey. For today's episode, I do want to give some discretion that this will be mentioning quite a few graphic details as we go into the story of the murder of Jun Lin. So just keep this in mind as viewer discretion is advised. In order to go into the story of Jun Lin, we will have to start, unfortunately, with the mentioning of his killer. Now, for many people, they may be familiar with this murder because of a situation that happened back in around back around 2012. There was video that there was a video that was circulating, and in this video, it depicted an individual tied down to a bed, being straddled and stabbed repeatedly multiple times with what appeared to be an ice pick. And as a result of this video, viewers on the website that it was posted on, bestscore.com, tried to report it, and there was even an attorney in Montana that was trying to report to the FBI, to Toronto police, to the local sheriff, hey, there's something going on here, you should probably look into it. But they were completely disregarded at this point. It wasn't really given much thought. But prior to this video, about 10 days or so prior, there had been materials that were promoting this grotesque video. And according to the Canadian authorities, once they did start looking into this, they did find a more extensive video that depicted things such as this individual having his head cut off, having himself being dismembered, even parts of his flesh being cut off and fed to a dog, and it's been rumored that there's even mentions of cannibalism within this video. So as the police were investigating this, what caused them to come to alarm was a janitor had been cleaning out the back alley area where the garbage pails were for an apartment complex. While he was doing so, he had discovered luggage and in this luggage, there were pieces of body parts, bloody clothes, um, murder instruments, and everything like that. And there were also some identification cards that looked like what could possibly belong to this victim. Of course, the police did not know because they don't have an entire body to look out of. But from what they saw, they tried to look at this identification and it led them to an apartment that was so this apartment was completely cleaned down they said when they walked into it you could smell cleaning supplies and bleach really strong but they were still able to t uh, detect things like blood blood stains that went up the wall the blood that was on the mattress because of the luminol they said quote unquote that it pretty much looked like a disco room from all of the blood that had been splattered everywhere and inside that apartment, in a closet, was written a quote that said, If you don't like the reflection, don't look in the mirror. I don't care. So as a result of this hideous crime, a nationwide manhunt was on. And this leads us to talk about the victim himself, Jean Lin. Jean Lin was born December 30th, 1978, in Wuhan, China. 
and from everything that his family had spoken of him, he was a bright young man, very kind, had a heart of gold, and he loved his family so much. And he seemed to have had a very spiritual and adventurous heart, and he was drawn to Canada. So in 2010, he had moved into Canada, and around July of 2011, he began doing his studies as an undergraduate at Concordia University in computer science and engineering. Now, during this time, he made a lot of friends, and he started working a part-time job at a store called Depanere, and it looks like that was pretty much all he did while he spent his time in Canada. He was either going to school, working, hanging out with some of his friends. He just wanted to start a new life, find love, the whole, the whole typical thing like anybody would want to do, want to have a life all their own. And even though he was out there pursuing a new life, he was still making sure that his family was taken care of. He was sending stuff back to his family, whether it be money or computer things or whatever he could, just to help his family live a bit more comfortably while he was in the process of starting a new life for himself and living the way that he wanted to. So, on May 1st, 2012, he moved into the Griffintown apartment area with a roommate. And this was around the time that he had broken up with a boyfriend because, according to what the boyfriend said, his family wanted him to marry a woman, and they were not aware that he was gay. So, he had been going through this breakup, and it looks like maybe he was just a little bit lonely and wanted to go out and meet some new people and try to mend something that could have just possibly been eating at his heart. There's nothing wrong in that. So, he had used some apps like grinder and such just to try to go out and meet. And this is where he meets the unfortunate acquaintance of Luca Rocco Magnata. Magnata had posted an ad on Craigslist seeking out someone and claiming that it was for consen consensual sex and bondage. And from what Magnata said, that's when Jean had replied to the ad and they met up at this area that Luca had rented out, and the time that they had met up was around May 24th, which coincides with the time that one of Jen's friends said that that was the last time that they had any form of communication with him. So after that night, Jen went missing, and he didn't show up for his shift at the convenience store the next day, and this greatly worried his supervisor because Jean was not somebody to miss a day of work. He was always described as a hard worker who was on time for everything and didn't really want to let anybody down. And it seems like that was just something that was bred into him. That was the kind of person that he was. So of course, he's not going to miss a day of work without letting anybody know. So because the boss became suspicious, then all of his friends started wondering, hey, you know, where could Jean be? This this isn't like him. And in the meantime, the ex that had last heard from him on May 24th still couldn't get a hold of him, had been sending multiple messages with no reply. The messages weren't even being opened. So, he decided that something was not right and of course he's going to need to fly back to Canada because he was out of the country. Three of his friends in the meantime 
around May 27th, went to check out his apartment. And when they entered this apartment, it showed that Jean had been there at one point because there were groceries on the counter, eggs on the stove like he was going to cook, and his poor cat had been starving for a couple of days is what it looked like, and Jean was not an individual to leave his pet without food or water because that cat was his entire world from what they were told. So with this in mind, a couple of days later, on May 29th, 2012, they reported him missing. Alongside the time when they were reporting Jeanlin missing, there were boxes of severed body parts that were being shipped to places like political party areas and even schools with notes on them addressed to these certain political figures. So the police are naturally going to be involved with this and they're looking at the security cameras and whatnot. And they're finding that this is the same individual that was on the security cameras at the apartment complex that matched up with identification that was with the severed torso that they found in the luggage and on the security cameras at this place. It was, they knew that this was their suspect and they were positively able to identify this subject or suspect, excuse me, as Luca Magnata. Now, Magnata had been known to have a very sketchy past, because it seems like he was constantly craving attention. He was making up rumors and lies, just trying to get a little bit of fame. And this is shown when he's done interviews claiming that he was linked with Carla Homolka, which anybody in Canada or anybody in the true crime area knows that she is the absolute most hated woman in Canada. So I can't imagine what type of individual you must be to want to be linked to somebody like that. And on top of that, there were also videos circling around about kittens being killed. And somebody believed that it was possibly Luca himself that tipped off to a certain Facebook group about his involvement in these. And he was constantly toying at him and nagging at him saying that he was going to graduate into something bigger well this something bigger ended up being the horrific murder and dismemberment of Jean Lin now fortunately they were able to collect the body parts and even the head of Jean and give his family a little bit of closure however I can't imagine how hard it is for a family to have to fly to a completely different country where their son once thought would be such a safe and welcoming place for immigrants, only to find out that his trust and love in a nation had been betrayed, essentially, and it all came down to one person who just craved attention so much that he didn't care what he had to do or who he had to hurt to get it. They fortunately did catch Jeanne's killer, and he was put on trial and convicted. Now, Jeanne's father was noted as saying at this trial in his impact statement, quote, I had come to see your trial system, to see justice done. I leave satisfied that you have not let my son down. And he also would say as quote, I had come to learn what happened to my son that night, and I leave without a true or complete answer. I had come to see remorse, to hear some sort of apology, and I leave without anything. And he said this about Luca because it seems like he showed no remorse 
towards what he had done to Jun. And all Jun wanted to do was go out and meet friends and... I mean, I know I've said it a lot when I say that, but that's really all he wanted to do. And it's such an innocent thing. It's something that nobody should have to walk out of their home and worry about. Poor Jeanne did not get a chance to live his life the way that he wanted to. And even Jeanne's father said that it's affected not only having Jeanne taken away from them, but when he was killed that night, a part of everybody that knew Jeanne died along with them, including his family members. His mother was never the same. His sister does her best to take care of their mother, but of course she is just a young woman too, and it's such a big burden for the family to have to carry and deal with for the rest of their life, not being able to think about their son without remembering the horrible things that had happened to him. So that's why I wanted to take this podcast, and instead of going into detail about the killer of Jun Lin, I wanted to honor Jun's memory for who he was and who he still is as his legacy still carries on. He was always known to be a bright and helpful and friendly individual who, as his friends would say, seemed sometimes too innocent. And there's nothing wrong with being innocent and seeing the good in people. And people like that should never be taken advantage of. It's not right and it's not fair. Now, as a result of this murder, in 2019, there was a Netflix docuseries that came out entitled Don't Fuck With Cats. And I did find quite a bit of information from this docuseries, but that was mainly just on the manhunt for his killer. The little bit that they did mention of Jeanne was just a little snippet and not enough to really talk about how amazing of a person he was. And as much as I don't want to trash anything. I feel like they could have done more and talked about Jen more because he is the true victim and he is the one that deserves any kind of notoriety, not for the manner in which he died in, but just for the life that he did live and how much of a warm, welcoming soul he was on this earth. Now, the school that he went to did make an award in his name from what I found out. And the family was awarded compensation to try to mend everything. Well, not necessarily awarded compensation, but there were donations given to them. So I can only hope now, even though it's a decade later, that his family is able to find some peace. And that maybe, just maybe, Jeanne's name will be remembered, not for the manner in which he died but for the legacy that he lived and the light and love that he put out in the world. And his method of living is one that everybody should go and live by. Make friends and be happy and not let anything stop you from living your dreams because that never stopped Jun Lin. I want to thank you guys for listening to this story. I do wish that I could find more information on Jun so I can give him a better and more in-depth episode. Maybe I will be able to come back after finding out something more and something new to shine more light on this beautiful person that once lived with us on this planet. But 
until then, I will keep looking and I will keep making sure to have June's name remembered. So, until next time, stay safe because you never know what might linger.